Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. Sports and beyond. It's on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. As we come up on the bottom of hour number two, it is a beautiful Tuesday as we see the West Seventh Parade of utility trucks. <laughs> AT and T out here strong this morning. Hope you're not trying to go down uh, Walker Street, anybody, because you're not going to get there. <laughs> and don't come up Walker Street either because you're not getting out. I just hope that whatever AT&T is doing out there has a positive impact on the um, interwebs here <laughs> at Front Porch Radio. I think, J- JP, we need, we need a camera that points outside so everybody can see uh, what we're talking about every time. That we- <laughs> That's a good idea. <laughs> Whenever yeah. we make a reference to outside. Yeah. Or maybe we just. Need a thing? camera outside. <laughs> oh, we could do that too. Yeah, oh, yeah, we could do that. on the front on porch. The front porch. <laughs> on the front porch. Yeah, let's go to our front porch cam. <laughs> hey, 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 I see. I feel a sponsor That's coming right. on too. <laughs> go to the front porch cam. <laughs> Cracker on Barrel front porch radio. That's right. <laughs> get some free. Get some free rocking chairs. Oh, that's right. Hey, there we go. Or some <laughs> some free pecan pancakes. I can attach a camera to a rocking chair and get it going. <laughs> Oh man, Jerry's listening yeah. to us going, "What the crap?" Yeah, what about what have I got, what have I gotten myself say, into? Got into yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline this morning, we have CBS Sports bracketologist Jerry Palm joining us. Thanks for hanging out with us and listening to our nonsense. Uh, you know, I just think that a camera on a rocking chair might cause some people to get the motion. Mm. There, there's that. There is that. Yeah, that might not be the best of ideas. So, so Jerry, I will um. I will ask you the question I asked everybody on yesterday's show. How's your bracket? Not so good. Not so good. No. <laughs> Join the club. Yeah. I yeah. Get, you, know, you know, it's funny because I get, I get about like 15 minutes to do my bracket. Not that it would have mattered this year. But, um, you know, so I, I, I'm getting a lot of abuse from my, uh, not bad abuse, but, you know, people are giving me a hard time because uh, I ended up picking off the top four seeds in each region of the Sweet 16, which, you know, never happens. But uh, anyways, uh, but I think a fair number of first-round upsets, nine of them, only one hit. Mm. <laughs> Although one of them was VCU, so they never got a chance. But uh, but the other seven were all losers. So it's like, okay, so I could have picked some of those teams further in my bracket, and it would be even worse if I did. So, yeah, I just, I just had problems to start. Jerry, we thought it was funny. Um, we had you on couple of weeks ago and a few days after you were on there was a story in the um northwest indiana paper on how one becomes a bracketologist and we thought <laughs> we wondered 
Geez, are they listening to us in Northwest Indiana? Because we specifically ask you that question: How does one become a bracketologist? And so, actually, that d- interview was done before I talked to you guys. Oh. Uh, it was a couple of weeks before it actually appeared in the paper. Oh, but, uh, okay, all right. Yeah. So, so we stole it from them, then I guess, or maybe it's no, just a popular question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, Jerry, you talk about all of the early upsets, and and our top five in the next next segment is going to be the top five upsets from this weekend. But um, is this an indication? I mean, that the seating committee just get it wrong, or no? Okay, no. I mean, it's, I mean, look, seating is the seating is based on what you do in the regular season. You know, but the regular season's a marathon. You have a bad day in the regular season, or you get a bad matchup or something, and you get beat. You just move on, and you've got, you know, this year, 25 maybe other games to get it fixed. With the NCAA tournament, you get a bad matchup, or you have a bad day, and you're done. And there's been a fair amount of that, you know, this year. Some teams have really stepped up and played uh, some of the best basketball they've played all year, like Oregon State and Oral Roberts, and, uh, you know, got matchups that worked for them. Uh, and probably a little help from their opponents, especially in the case of Oral Roberts. But that doesn't mean Oral Roberts should have been seated higher than 15, or that Oregon State should have been seated higher than 12. Or you know, it's, you're, you earn your seat in the regular season. What you do with it when you get there is what you do with it. Now that being said, Jerry, do you feel like the committee undervalued the Pac-12? No, no, absolutely not. I mean, based on what they did in the regular season, I mean, it's a team that it's a week that had three quadrant one wins the entire league in the regular season. One of them was Stanford over Alabama, and Stanford didn't make the tournament. No, they just gotten a you know, good draw and uh, and have done something with it. You know, it's, I mean, like I said, Oregon State got hot. They had to get hot just to get into the tournament and have continued to do well. Um, USC was a pretty good team that probably underperformed uh, over the course of the season. So Oregon was a, a good team that probably underperformed, but that doesn't mean they were seeded wrong. They didn't earn seeds better than they got, but they've done very well with what they got. We're going to ask Jerry a question and get a yes at some point because we're going to keep throwing them at him. <laughs> Did, if the Pac-12 was not undervalued, was the Big Ten overvalued? No, because, again, they earned it in the regular season. <laughs> you know, but they performed like crap when they got to the tournament. You know, it's just bad. I mean, Illinois, that's a disaster, you know. And Loyola's a tough matchup for a lot of teams just the way they defend, but still, they just, they did not play well against Loyola. Um, you know, uh, it's funny that Michigan's the last team standing because that was the one that I thought might actually be in the most trouble long term. Uh, but Illinois looked every bit like a national championship contender. Mm-hmm. And they didn't do it. That, that's not the committee's fault. Was the committee supposed to make them a nine? No. <laughs> no. Was Purdue, was Purdue supposed to be a 14? Because they lost to North Texas? No, they just played like crap. That's what happened. So you know, it's, it's just it's just one of those things that. Uh, but the Big Ten, you know, there's no excuse for Ohio State. You got to beat Oral Roberts. You know, you, you can't. And they played flat. There's just no excuse for Ohio State. Uh, but the you know the rest of the league, you know, if you had a bad day or you didn't show up or you didn't play both halves of the game or whatever, but you. You know, the NCAA tournament, you better show up. But what they did in the regular season is what got them selected and what got them their seat. So the, what they did in the tournament was crap. That's a, it's a complete face plant. But that that's, doesn't mean that they were seated wrong or that there should have been fewer teams. That's interesting. But that's another yeah. question for, you know, they didn't play well in no. a couple other games. Either. They lost to West Virginia. They, they had their chance. I'm just saying. Yep. 
they didn't they didn't perform. Now that being said, I I agree with you on Michigan. I had LSU in my elite eight, but uh, you know, well, and they they were there right to the end. You know, uh, my concern for Michigan isn't with the, the fact that Isaiah Livers isn't playing. And I thought, well, maybe he can get through the first weekend without Isaiah Livers, but long term, you know, eventually they're going to need him. Uh, but Brooks has done a nice job stepping up in his his place, but it hurts your depth. Um, anyways, but you know, Michigan's done a nice job and saved some face for the league. You know, Maryland did well and, uh, Rutgers did well to win their first game as 10 seed. Uh, but the, the better teams in this league have just, you know, there's, I don't know what the heck happened to Iowa yesterday. Uh, Garza showed up, but nobody else did. You know, it's just, what are you going to do? Four double digit seeds in the sweet 16, um, relative to other sweet 16s. Where does that rank, Jerry? I mean, how... Well, the record was five. I want to say that was 1999. I want to say there were five that particular year, and four has happened one other time. Uh, and then there have been several years with three. So four is really un- unique. Um, well, not unique, but uh, rare to, to have that many in the Sweet 16. It's also the second time we've had a 15 seed in the Sweet 16. You remember Dunk City, Florida Gulf Coast. Um and it's funny because the, the the team their coach left for is also in the Sweet 16 USC, um, but yeah, so it's yeah, it's definitely an unusual year, and we could have had more. I mean, Ohio was looking you know pretty good, it gets mm-hmm. great for a little while at least, uh, but they didn't make it. It's um, it's just been that kind of a year, you know that uh, that we've seen some of these lower seeds r- rise up and and have a great first weekend of the tournament, uh, and it's you know. A, I don't have a good explanation for it other than this kind of thing just happens sometimes. Well, it doesn't hurt uh, that Syracuse is one of those. One, and, and, UCLA and UCLA is another one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was just You know what's funny, Syracuse? Of all of those teams that I picked to, to you know, upset and, and win and they all lost, Syracuse is the only one I picked at once. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, they've, they've done a nice job. They've got a good chance against Houston, too, because when they're shooting, especially Buddy Beheim is shooting, they've always got a chance. And uh, um, Houston's going to have to show show a little better. And they played against Rutgers, but they looked awesome uh, in their second round game. We're speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with CBS Sports bracketologist Jerry Palm. Jerry, what do you do from, say, mid-April to October? Nap. No, actually, it it goes until. uh, I actually, I don't have a single full day off between, like, the first week of Labor, you know, uh, the week before Labor Day which is the start of the college season until the end of the final four, except for Christmas day. That's my only full day off. Um, now some days I work half an hour and some days I work 20 hours, but you know, it's, uh, there are no zero days, um, except for that one. And so I, I get all my, the weekends and stuff that I don't get during the regular season. I get from April to like July. There you go. And then, uh, and then, uh, then, you know, preseason football stuff starts and, and we get involved in that. So you do some football as well. Yeah, I do. I cover college football as well. So okay. the, the the college football playoffs is sort of the same kind of stuff that I do for basketball. I do for football as well. Okay, cool, cool. Um, who do you like coming out of these Sweet Sixteens? Now that you know, now that you've kind of recalibrated your bracket a little bit, Gonzaga and Alabama and running on the hat. <laughs> it's the Baylor. Okay, those three: Gonzaga, Alabama, Baylor. Um, I think the Midwest region is a complete crapshoot. Could be any of the four teams. Uh, Houston will be the favorite. I kind of like Loyola. 
I think if Houston gets to play Loyola, we might not see either team score 40. Um, the, uh, but Baylor, Alabama, and, uh, and Gonzaga. And Gonzaga looked every bit like the overall number one seed. That, that's a team that showed up ready to play. If, if Loyola and Houston play and neither team scores 40, then that's certainly in Loyola's favor, is, it? is that right? I, you know what? It could be in either team's favor because they both like to grind. So I don't, uh, I, I don't know that it's in, in anybody's favor. Houston is a, is a really good rebounding team, and which was the reason that Rutgers hung around so long was because Rutgers uh, outperformed them on the board. I don't actually have the, the final stat sheet, so I don't know mm-hmm. the real numbers, but Rutgers' ability to rebound, especially offensive rebound, kept them in that game. But Houston's usually a pretty good rebounding team and especially on the offensive class. So that might give them an edge over Loyola. But um, I think it would just be a grinder of a game. Oral Roberts, after what they did to Ohio State and Florida, can they do that to Arkansas? I mean, do they have another one in them? Well, you can't really say no. I'm not going to pick it. Uh, But uh, I think the line is something like 11, which I don't know that that's fair. But at some point, you know, these these guys regress to the level that made them 15 feet, you know. I mean, they're, they're a 15 seed for a reason. They've been playing over their heads a little bit for a couple of games, uh, especially in the first round, caught an opponent that's flat-footed. But at some point, they get back to playing like the team that made them a 15 seed. And uh, whether that's against Arkansas or somebody else, that day is coming. Well, they still have the nation's leading scorer, no matter what. Yes, they what. do. And, and they're the best free-throw shooting team in the nation as well. Or it's either them or Colorado. Uh, but they, they shoot like 82% from the line as a team which is insane, uh, but that's obviously an advantage in any close game. Yeah, uh, and that's – free throws win championships, folks. Learn how to shoot them. And defense. And free throws and defense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. Here. Whatever I was going to say, clearly I didn't need to say it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm just curious. Do you think that – Villanova and so obviously there's there's a storyline between Villanova and Alabama with Alabama's uh, guard uh, Q guy that just came out Quinterly Quint Quinterly the kid that that transferred from Villanova oh wow I, I was on a, I did not know that yeah so he's a senior oh. transfer from from Vill, Villanova from Villanova to, to Alabama, Alabama. Okay. would would that make a difference on either one of these teams do you think that Villanova would be would have a better chance at, at uh, well, fulfilling my prophecy yeah. of making the national championship game. <laughs> yeah, definitely because Villanova could use another guard because they're down one, as you know. Uh, Gillespie, Colin Gillespie's out uh, for the season. Uh, they've managed through the first two games, got by Winthrop and then uh, North Texas, so they they uh, were fortunate, I suppose, not to have to play Purdue, but you know Purdue didn't earn it either. Um, so you know Villanova made the Sweet Sixteen, but I give them the least chance of anyone, of, of advancing. And they're going to play Baylor? Yeah, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> oh, thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> that makes me feel good. It's okay. I lost Sorry. Texas on day one, and they're my champion. So it's it, – it, Oh, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was – that yeah. was I was just, you know what? I'm, I'm out. We're good. But here's the I, good thing. I actually, I actually kind of wish I'd have taken a flyer on, on Abilene. If I had, had more time to look and seen the stats and seen how good they are at forcing turnovers and out. How bad! I knew Texas turned it over too much, but they didn't realize that Avalon was as good at forcing them. But man, what a different turnover made that game! Yeah. It, it's it's interesting how 
we talk about it every year, Jerry. The guard play is so important in this tournament. And Absolutely. it never fails to be correct. That's right. Now, you're not going to win this thing with mediocre guards, <laughs> which is why you worry about Michigan not having Isaiah Livers, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and they almost blew the game to LSU yesterday because their point guard, who's usually pretty reliable, made, you know, three mistakes in the last four minutes to keep LSU in the game. So, it's uh, yeah, guard play is, is huge in the NCAA tournament because everything starts there. And if your guards aren't playing well, you aren't going anywhere. I'm intrigued by the all-pack 12 matchup in the West um, semifinals here with USC and Oregon. I picked that one. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, I think it's an interesting matchup. I mean, Oregon has, has played great. Uh, of course, they only played one game, but, man, they demolished <laughs> Iowa. You know, they, they demolished Iowa. I mean, it's, you know, and they won the regular season in the Pac-12. You know, USC is the most talented team. They should be better, more consistently good than they've been. Um, but that they haven't been. That they three tries at Colorado couldn't beat them, uh, which shows you sometimes it's about matchups. But uh, you know Evan Mobley, uh, he's a load, man. It's uh, he's going to be hard for anybody. And the, you know USC can keep going as far as he carries them, uh, but you know those two teams are in trouble regardless because the one in front of them is Kentucky. <laughs> How much of a difference did that make them not having played a first round game? Hard to say. Um, you, you're probably a little fresher, uh, but you know it's. I can't imagine that fresh is why Iowa, you know, only had Luca Garza score and nobody else. That's just probably a really good defensive effort and a bad day for Iowa. Nice. I didn't think it, it clearly didn't. It made no impact on their uh, being able to score in a new environment. No, no. <laughs> well, no, and and Iowa's problem has always been defense and gosh a month ago i would have said iowa was primed for an early exit because i don't think they defended well enough and then the last you know, three weeks of the season they played some really good defense it's like, oh well, maybe they finally figured it out no nope they went back to being iowa yeah it, that, and that's okay sometimes you are who you are who, who you we are. who we thought they are they are yeah. who we yeah. thought they were yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, jerry thanks so much for hanging out with us today we really appreciate it and and for the sure. uh the yeah, the, the advice on the rocking chair cam. Yeah, we may need to rethink yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to cause any motion sickness for anybody. No, so yeah, no. thanks. Appreciate you. You might want to put a might want to put a warning before you uh, before you uh, show the, show that to the uh, viewers. There we go. <laughs> no doubt. Oh man, Jerry Palm, CBS Sports Bracketologist on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline today. Thanks so much for hanging out. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. All right, thanks. Take care. All right, it is Top Five Tuesday, folks. When we return, we will tell you the top five biggest upsets of the weekend on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.